Hello, I hope you've been enjoying the last couple of Harvest episodes. You may have noticed the last episode did not have the usual almanac at the end. Uh, Did you think I had forgotten you? Of course I haven't. Here is September 2023's almanac. We're now about to tune into Folkways FM. For anyone new to the show, this is where we connect with our sister radio station, which is broadcast from a boat that's currently making its way in a very leisurely fashion around southern Scotland. Today, I've been informed it's somewhere near Port Patrick, where staff have been hanging around the ruins of Dunsky Castle, as well as having picked up uh, a few shifts in the Smuggler's Cove gift shop. So without further ado, let's try and pick them up. A very warm welcome to September 2023's Almanac, where we muse over the heavens and the hedgerows for the coming weeks ahead. September, from Septum 7. Why do we call the ninth month the seventh? This is all due to Julian calendar reform, which shifted the new year back. This replaced Herfast Manath and Helig Manath in Old English, names meaning the holy month and the harvest month, respectively. Welsh. Meddi, Cornish, Mies Gwingala, Scots Gaelic, Intultin, Irish, Manfor, Manx, Mainfawe. This time of year once saw the Harvest Home Festival, also called Ingathering. Succinctly, it celebrates the finishing of the work that the opening of the harvest, Lunasa or Lammas, started. The precise time of Harvest Home Festival varies. Today, for example, mechanised farm machinery has drastically altered the amount of time that harvesting takes, but generally speaking, uh, we once saw an abundance of customs throughout both August and September. A particularly famous one was concerning the last sheaf and how it was to be treated. Compare this with the Folkways main show, where we've just looked at the significance of the first cutting of the cereal. So a sheaf, which is, as you probably know, a bundle of grain stalks tied together after reaping, saw competitions to throw sickles at it, sometimes blindfolded, and this was recorded in Wales, southern Scotland, Somerset, Shropshire and Herefordshire. In the 19th century, the sickle was replaced by the scythe as the primary harvest tool of the season, and in places we see a transference of the custom to the new cutting edge, implement of choice. In Devon and Cornwall, the famous ceremony of crying the neck was observed. It was first noticed in the 1700s when, whilst crossing East Devon, Lord North was so frightened by the shouting he heard in the fields, which he mistook for demonstrations against the new side attacks. So, the crying of the neck 
is basically where reapers would gather together with one holding the last stalks of the corn above their heads. The rest of the labourers would then bow and shout, A neck! A neck! A neck! We have one! And then cheer. Woo! And as Professor Hutton charmingly notes in Stations of the Sun, near Heartland in North Devon, the words were sung in a prolonged and beautiful harmony in a rising scale. If you woke up in Portishead, you saw the sun rise at 6.25 and set at 19.55. Portrush, sunrise 6.30 and set at 20.20. And Perth, sunrise 6.20 and set at 20.05. Friday, September the 15th is the new moon with Friday, September the 29th, the full moon. This moon is called the Harvest Moon, Wine Moon and the Song Moon. At this time, for several evenings, the moonrise comes soon after sunset. This results in an abundance of bright moonlight early in the evening, which was a traditional aid to farmers harvesting their crops. You've probably heard about the famous harvest moon, so cycle your diaries on Friday the 29th to enjoy this sight. The summer constellations are still overhead at the moment. Look high in the south to see Cygnus the Swan, whose tail, the bright star Deneb, forms the summer triangle of stars with Altair and Vega. Cygnus sits in amongst the glowing band of stars that make up our Milky Way galaxy, which arcs down through the southern sky. See if you can spot the fainter constellation of Delphinius the Dolphin, a small group of stars just to the left of the bright star Altair. While many of the constellations require a bit of a vivid imagination to see the object, figure or animal they're named after, Delphinius is great to look out for as it does actually resemble a dolphin leaping out of water. As autumn approaches, some familiar sights will return to the night sky. Looking to the left of Cygnus and Delphinius, and moving through the large constellation of Pegasus, you'll reach Andromeda. Andromeda is another must-see for darker skies, hosting the most distant object visible to the naked eye, the Andromeda Galaxy. Moving down from the heavens to the hedgerows, this month you can find wild raspberries, wild strawberries, uh, and of course rose hips and sloes. I've seen so many sloes which are used to make the deep wintry drink slow gin. This show, our place of the month, is Craig Dinas 
or Dinas Rock. There's an Iron Age hill fort on top of this rock in South Wales, uh, fantastically well defended by its sheer cliffs. Now uh, popular with climbers, is the folklore attached to this rock that makes it worthy of a stop on your next road trip. There's a reasonably well-known story attached to this place involving a Welshman and an Englishman, you might know the one, that my uh, second cousin has told me she's actually intending to tell in full on the Folkways main show sometime, so don't want to steal her thunder. However, I'll just say here that it's the sheer amount of fairy lore attached to this place that is of real interest. It's a site connected not only with King Arthur, but also with the fairy court. There's an interesting note about the rock from Wirt Sykes in his classic British goblins. Quote, Especially does a certain steep and rugged crag in the Vale of Neath called Cragadinas bear a distinctly awful reputation as a stronghold of the fairy tribe. Its caves and crevices have been their favourite haunt for many centuries, and upon this rock was held the court of the last fairies who have ever appeared in Wales. Needless to say, there are men still living who remember the visits of the fairies to Cregadinas, although they say the little folk are no longer seen there. We then get this rather strange conclusion from Sykes. Quote, it is a common remark that the Methodists drove the fairies away. Indeed, there are numberless stories which show the fairies to have been animated when they were still numerous in Wales by a cordial antipathy for all dissenting preachers. In this antipathy, it may be here observed, teetotalers were also included. Make of this what you will. If you're interested in visiting this magnet for the Tulleth Teg, there is a car park conveniently directly at the bottom, and uh, climbing with ropes aside, there is a slightly hairy path to the right of the rock that you can actually scramble up. The views from the top are quite something, and there's a tree you can sit under near the edge. Noting the fairy's dislike for sobriety, I confess to cracking open a cold one one golden autumn a few years back. I regret nothing. <laughs>